Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mint Door podcast. I'm Dr. Laura Schwint. And I am Dr. Karen Tindall. We are happy to have you here today and honored to bring our guest on, Dr. Tracy Hendler. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Tracy. Thank you so much. I am so delighted and honored to be here. Thank you for welcoming me to the Mint Door podcast. You're welcome. Awesome. Well, I, I'm curious to get into this, but I, I want to just read a little bit about your background and introduce people to a little bit of who you are. But your passion for dentistry started at age three. And I want to get into that. But first, let's see where it went from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you obtained your doctor of dental surgery degree at the University of Toronto. And there you graduated at the top of your class and decided then to pursue orthodontics. You wanted to create beautiful smiles and increase patients' self-confidence, which I love. So you got your certificate in orthodontics from Rutgers School of Dental Medicine and at the same time got your master's of science in dentistry. And that leaves you dual board certified in both the United States in and Canada as an orthodontist. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so um, after that, you return to your hometown of Toronto and you actually work at Forest Hill Orthodontics, which is the practice where you were an orthodontic patient at the age of 12. That is spectacular. So um, you're involved in many local dental organizations, including being the chair of the mentorship program for women in dentistry. And I'm really excited to talk about that. And Tracy is married to her husband, John, and has two young daughters. So uh, just a fun career to talk about from age three to now. So if you would, maybe just tell us what at age three inspired you to want to be a dentist. Um, so my mom has asked me that question many times, um, that I honestly, I wish I knew, and I wish I could point to one specific thing at that appointment that kind of turned me on to dentistry. Um, I had no dentists in my family. Um, I had a grandfather who was a doctor, but that was, that was it in terms of like medical dental influence. And, um, I just left that appointment as legend has it. And I turned to my mom and said, when I grow up, I want to be a dentist. And my mom kind of like brushed it off. and was like, you know, sure. Tomorrow you want to be a ballerina. The next year you want to be an astronaut. And, uh, it just kind of stuck. It was one of those things that like anyone who knows me from childhood, every school project, every volunteer day, it was just something I guess I was innately passionate about and and it obviously carried through throughout my education that I was interested in science and health sciences and kind of a giving profession. And I was always interested in in dentistry and not really medicine or anything like that. It was always dentistry. (laughs) That's awesome. So the three-year-old brain, we should listen to our three-year-old brain more often, maybe. (laughs) Well, I have a four-year-old, so I'm not sure if I... (laughs) Entirely, I uh, can agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's the instinct part that mm-hmm. we should listen to. Yes, exactly. The instinct was strong. Yes, uh, instinct, instinct rather than the rational thought process. Yes, exactly. very good. Good thought. <laughs> cool. Well, what we wanted to do, Tracy, is just start off with our fun like rapid fire questions we just want it's a bit like a this or that game um and we just want you to choose between the two options that we put in front of you and uh, we're going to see how this goes 
So I'm going to start off and then Laura will take on and we're just going to popcorn between the two of us with these. So do you hair dry or air dry your hair? Hair dry. <laughs> awesome. It's very curly. Not, not right now, but it's actually. Curly. <laughs> All right. Um, heels or tennis? Probably heels. I'm five one. Oh, <laughs> yoga pants or jeans? Jeans. Mm-hmm. Even, uh, early even bird night. or night owl? Night owl. Mm. <laughs> mountains or ocean? That's a tough one. I'm going to say mountains because I'm a, I'm a diehard skier. Mm. Awesome. Both. <laughs> All right. Breakfast or no breakfast? Breakfast. Eat out or eat in? Probably out. I really like restaurants and foodie and all that type of stuff. So awesome. Right along those lines, movies or Netflix? Netflix. (laughs) Would you read a book or a Kindle? I prefer a book. Yes. Uh, Cat or dog? Dog. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather eat a burger or a salad? They're all like both answers. Um, I have a lot more salad, so I guess I'll have to say salad. Awesome. And then Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. (laughs) Okay. We have two bonus questions at the end. The first one is fixed appliances or Invisalign? (laughs) From one orthodontist to another. Um, I really enjoy the process of planning Invisalign. It's it's laborious, but I really enjoy that whole digital setup. Cool. And the f- last question is an open-ended question. What's your favorite wire? <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually really love, we use this wire called a super cable in our practice for um, teeth that are super, super crowded. And it's just like magic. Like you have these canines that are up super high. And then, you know, if there's enough space, the next appointment, they've just magically dropped into place. So those wires are pretty cool. That sounds like a magic wire. (laughs) We can see why it's your favorite. Yes. The magic wire. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Awesome. Those were fun. Okay. So you feel warmed up, ready to go. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Um, So I'm curious, uh, as you pursued your your career and became a practice owner with two small young girls, what was it that nudged you into finding a way to take more time for yourself um, and maybe avoiding burnout? Because that is busy. An orthodontist, a practice owner, a mom. Tell us a little bit about that journey for you. Sure. I mean, that's a really great question. And I would say that it's um, an ongoing process. It's not something that um, kind of happened overnight and nor do I think it's really like finished um, in terms of its kind of transformation. But um, I became a practice owner about four or five months after my second daughter was born. So it was something that was kind of supposed to happen uh, before she was born. But anyone, I guess, who's been through a um, buy-in process probably knows things always take longer than you expect. So it ended up closing a few months after and right after I had already returned back to work. So here I was, uh, mother of two, two girls, I had a two-year-old and a newborn, 
and I was back to work and I now had the added responsibility of being a practice owner. And I was, you know, I was handling everything. I have a very kind of like can do attitude, you know, very type a, very like I can do it by myself. I can do it. Don't help me. That's always been kind of like my MO. Um, but I was starting to get very stressed and, and starting to feel, um, a lot of the burnout. And I remember attending actually a women in dentistry event in, it was around November of that year. And, uh, Dr. Sally Safa, who is a periodontist and who has a whole, uh, practice on mindfulness. Like she's also become certified in mindfulness and she was giving a, a talk about that. And when she started talking about how we're all perfectionists and we run from you know one thing to another and we do everything perfectly over here and we have to do everything perfectly over here, but you know, it's not sustainable. It was kind of the first time that someone I felt like gave me permission to acknowledge that you can't do everything perfectly all the time for everybody, hundred percent. Um, and it just felt like a weight was kind of lifted off my shoulders. Like, oh, I'm not the only one who's feeling these stresses. This is kind of an industry thing, or this is more normal than, and I thought it was more just me. And if I toughed it out more than I could, I could handle it. So I just started giving myself a little bit more permission to, um, to breathe, I guess, and to give myself some space to maybe not take on as many things and realize that I can't do everything perfectly all the time at a hundred percent capacity. Um, and, and it started working from there. Mm. Wow. Um, I'm curious if you would, what were some of the, the things that you were feeling when you, before you went to that, that conference, what were, what were some of the symptoms you were having, um, besides stress? Um, I mean, it was probably mostly, (laughs) mostly stress. Um, I mean, I wasn't, I don't think I could pinpoint to any like physical symptoms. Like I, I can't say that I was, you know, losing sleep or, you know, um, you know, losing or gaining weight, kind of anything like that, any, any more than, than anyone, than I guess a new mother who <laughs> has two kids and already not sleeping and right. all those things. But um, I think it was more just like internally, I was, I was just feeling the stress and probably a little bit more, you know, short tempered or just feeling like I couldn't take on anything else like that feeling of kind of like drowning, but like having to keep up um, because that's what's expected of you. And these are your tasks and these are your new, your new roles. Now you're a practice owner. So you have to do ABC. Now you're a mother of two. So you have to do X, Y, and Z and just kind of feeling like you had to keep up with all these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when we hear the story of your, like your professional path that you've taken, you've checked so many boxes off of like, training and then associate and then a practice owner and being part of an orthodontic network and what advice would you have or what have you what's the standout things that you've learned that you would share with a younger generation of women who are starting off their careers in dentistry so I really love that question because to me I feel like that is the biggest kind of obstacle that we all face I think as, as dentists entering our careers is figuring out what we want to do um, and then matching, you know, our desires with, with our career paths. Mm-hmm. And actually I feel like there's a lot of like opacity to the different choices. 
And my kind of big message is, is making those things a little bit more transparent. I feel like we need to be more honest with the younger generation um, about what those choices entail, um, like the reality, right? Because I think we're all told these stories about life as a dentist is going to look so easy breezy. And there's, you know, all these images in society that uh, dentists, you know, have this kind of easy lifestyle, but it's, it's a, it is a rewarding career, but it's also very challenging. And I think that there's more conversations now about those challenges, but um, I wish I knew more of them going in. I just wish more people were honest with me. <laughs> and that's why I, I, I'm, I love this opportunity to be honest with, with younger, with the younger generation. So um, I would just say that like each of those um, paths or choices has, has pros and cons and, and trade-offs associated with it. So, um, you know, I was an associate at the practice that I'm currently an owner um, for a number of years and at another practice. And, you know, being an associate has some great benefits, a little bit like less responsibility, um, but less control, right? So everyone's kind of familiar with that. Um, and that can be great for either a short period of time or a really long period of time because maybe that's the type of lifestyle that you desire. Maybe you don't want to make all the decisions. You don't want to be stressing about your staff on the weekends or that upset patient or um, all those added responsibilities that come with practice ownership. So um, that I think has, was a great first step for me. Um, And I'm really glad that I, that I took it. And then practice ownership has also been very rewarding, but there's, I think a big jump in in responsibility. And I don't think I, fully appreciated it. Like I have friends who were practice owners before me and they, they told, they told me, <laughs> they tried to warn me. And, um, I, it's just something that it's like motherhood. It's like, you can't really understand it until you experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been entirely rewarding. And I, I would make all the same decisions all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, you know, added responsibilities, added stresses, um, lots of things to think about. And of course, added rewards, you know, you feel like you've got control of your destiny. Um, you have financial rewards um, and it's, you've got the pride of ownership, you know, walking in the door and feeling like this is your place. Mm-hmm. So that's really yeah. I guess there's so much of it that's it's listening to that, maybe that three-year-old in you who is like, guiding you in one direction or another and listening to that because like you obviously have the passion to be a practice owner mm-hmm. and there's that's- something that's driving that like that makes you want to take that path but yet for others it may be being an associate is perfect for what they want at their situation likewise I was I was always an associate Mm. Um, I never took the step to being a practice owner because if you'd have asked me at the time, did I want to do it? I'd be like, no way. Right. Like, and that's all different. Everyone's different. There's no right answer. When I was going through my um, practice kind of buy-in situation, like multiple times, my partner said to me, like, you just have to decide what you want to do. And I remember thinking like, can't someone just tell me what I want to do? (laughs) No, like I need to decide that, you know, like now I'm like 30, you know, three or 34. And it it was just, I always felt like I, I at least have to try this. You know, this is, it just was in me, like, just like for you, it was in you to not do it. I was like, I definitely have to try this. I'm the type of person that, you know, likes that wants that pride, wants that ownership, wants that responsibility, wants to say that I've done it. 
and I just have to do it. And, you know, if I'm hoping it works out, um, you know, if it doesn't, that would be unfortunate, but I just had to try it. So, yeah, there's a million ways to be in dentistry and everybody's journey looks different and is, is right for them, hopefully. Right. I think that's so interesting. Such a great point that you bring up about um, somebody, could somebody just please tell me? Mm-hmm. And because as achievers, we end up getting on a track and we always know what the next step is. You know, we, we go to college and then we go to dental school and then we go to residency or, you know, we always know what the next step is. So we start to maybe lose a little of that um, personal assessment of, okay, what do I want? What, what's the next step for me? And so really interesting how um, you said that and that you just wanted somebody to tell you, but you really had to look within mm-hmm. and say, this is something I want. I want to do this. And so I love that you bring that up um, and is such a wonderful, I know that mentorship is super important to you and is such a wonderful piece of being a mentor to help others do this. But I'm curious as a mentor for, for the younger generation, once you realized that you were maybe on the path to burnout, what techniques or feelings um, did you change to bring more harmony to your work and life? Um, well, I would say that I, I'm really trying to establish more boundaries. <laughs> um, I would say that that's definitely another ongoing process. Um, but I think that I was, I'm, I'm like a people pleaser and a yes person. And I've always been like, fortunately seen as very, you know, capable. So people ask me to be on like lots of committees and, and I'm always like saying yes. Right. So my plate can become very full um, very quickly. So I think once I started realizing that I was taking on too much and had these added responsibilities, um, I just started cutting back on certain things. So like, for example, I used to teach at the university of Toronto in the, um, in the undergraduate orthodontic program. And I did that for many years and I absolutely loved it. Um, but after I had my second daughter, it was just too much because I was teaching on my, on my one, I call it day off in air quotes, the one day that I wasn't in the office. And, and, you know, that's the one day that I, I, you know, I have admin work that I have to do. I know more as a practice owner. Um, I do, you know, any and all appointments for myself or for my children on that day, like to exercise. So it was like, this was now taking away that time. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, you know what, unfortunately I can't do it right now. Recognizing that maybe in 10 or 15 years when my kids are in a different situation, you know, hopefully it's something that they would welcome me back. But just at this time, you know, I, I just can't. Mm-hmm. So that would be like, I think one of the best examples of things that I had to cut out with, with regret, but recognizing that my, my time priorities and my life priorities had changed. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you said a good point that maybe later in life, that that would be something that you could come back to. And I think that it's not that you're saying no, it's you're saying not now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a big lesson that I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, and I, I kind of alluded to it a little bit before with the partnership uh, piece and, and don't get me wrong. Like, I think everyone goes into a partnership the way people go into marriage, which is to say, you want this to last forever. And I, I'm eternally grateful for my partner. He's wonderful. And we have a great 
practice and great relationship. Um, same with my, my husband, <laughs> my life partner. But, you know, I think what people don't realize is that not every decision needs to be forever. And, and some of those, the undoing of some of those things have different consequences, right? Like Karen being an associate, maybe leaving a position, maybe a little bit less messy than mm-hmm. leaving a, like a partnership, but it's not that these things kind of can't be done. And I think that like Laura, as you mentioned, we kind of go on this path. You're going to do A to get to B to get to C. And we always think that there are like final decisions, mm-hmm. um, but at certain points, certain things can change and people decide that they either for personal reasons or health circumstances that they don't want to own their practice anymore, or they want to move to a different city or, you know, there there are all these different things that kind of come up in life and just giving yourself permission to try different things and realize that some decisions are harder to undo, but you should still try different things and see what fits Mm -hmm. and just be a little bit more flexible. Cause I I think a lot of us are trained to be a little bit more inflexible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think at the time when you make these decisions, you feel like it's just a one-way path somewhere. It feels like it's such a big decision. But your big de- your big decision to become a practice owner and co-own your practice with your partner, how did that feel? Or did you ever have that realization when you became the practice owner that this is where I sat in that chair? This is where I have my treatment and now I'm on the other side. Maybe explain a little bit to us about how that like how you felt that? Um, well, it's funny because I would say that I, and I hate to use this term, I would say that I manifested it before manifesting was a thing. Okay? <laughs> and I say I hate to use this term because I feel like it's thrown around a lot and 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 it just carries a lot of weight to it now. But I mean, I grew up right in this neighborhood, right where I'm, you know, sitting right now at home, and um, I was a patient of not my partner, but uh, the previous orthodontist who was, his name was Dr. Woodside. He was, you know, a very well-known orthodontist um, in Canada and around the world. And, um, you know, as I went on my dental journey, I was always, you know, wanting to be a dentist. And then I went to University of Toronto um, for dental school. And I was actually not sure what uh, specialty I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to specialize. I was very young when I went to dental school. I had good grades. I was very motivated. So I knew that I wanted to take take on more education and be like an expert in something. Um, but then I was actually introduced to my current partner by a family friend of mine who is a general dentist who works a lot with him. And I ran into this family friend one day and I was kind of asking about different specialties. And he said, you got to meet, you got to meet Bruno. You guys would get along great. You should, you should be an orthodontist, go visit his practice. And I walked into the practice and um and I just, it totally changed my mind. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be an orthodontist. I want to be an orthodontist at this practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and really I kind of kept after him mm-hmm. <laughs> and him, you know, so then I, I would, you know, I got into orthodontic residency, which was my goal. And uh, it was out of town. I was living in New York and my, my school is in New Jersey, but every time I was home for holidays or, or visiting my family, I would get in touch with him. I would visit the office. You know, I didn't let him forget me. <laughs> and then when it was time for me to graduate, when I was at six months away from graduation, I was like, so, you know, got, got a job for me. Can I come work with you? And uh, he interviewed me kind of in a more serious way and, and, you know, agreed that I would be a good fit for the practice. So I, it was just 
when it all kind of finally happened, when I finally walked in the door as, as the doctor um, in the neighborhood in which I grew up and at this kind of amazing practice, I felt really like a lot of pride. It was really something that I had always wanted and always imagined. Like in my mind, there was no other option. Like that's, of course, if I was going to be an orthodontist, I was going to be an orthodontist at that practice. It only made sense. <laughs> he just didn't know it yet, but and he, he agreed. I like that story. <laughs> that's a great story. And I love the, you know, you manifested it, but, you know, so many times I think the word manifesting has this magic notion to it. And really you put in the work, you, you, you did all the, all the stuff to make it happen. You kept that relationship, you kept that, that going. And um, I love that this all began from a general dentist family friend that really was a good mentor to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that maybe is why you're so passionate about mentorship and has led you to be the the chairperson of the mentorship program for women in dentistry. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved there and a little bit about that program? Sure. Um, I mean, mentorship has always been extremely important to me. And and I always had to kind of seek out mentors. and be very proactive about it, which I think we all do. I think you, you know, we always need to kind of advocate for ourselves. Um, and the reason I don't like the word kind of manifesting, like you mentioned, is because people do think it's this kind of like magical fairy dust that falls from the sky. But you know, recognizing that there is a lot of work that goes into kind of anything that we want to have happen. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with with kind of creating your your path. Um, so I mentioned I didn't have any you know dentists in my family, but I had my parents had, you know, many friends who were dentists. So they would always tell them that I was interested in dentistry. I would visit their offices on my, you know, PD days from school or any school projects I would volunteer. Um, So it was something that I was always seeking out and always asking them questions. And then when I was in dental school, I volunteered at a hospital in Toronto in the dental department. And the chief of the department was a, was a female. Um, And she was a huge influence on me, just kind of seeing her in that role and seeing her run the department and all the research that she did and all, all that she gave back was, was really inspiring to me and kind of showed me what, what was possible and, and another path that's possible, like administrative and hospital dentistry mm-hmm. that I wasn't really aware of before. And then even when I was in dental school, I, I you know, I always love connecting people and, and I created some mentorship programs for my dental fraternity when I was in dental school. So this is really something that's been like very organic and very ongoing for me really throughout my career. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when I became involved with women in dentistry in around 2018, um, so it's led by Effie Habsha, who's a prosthodontist in Toronto, who's amazing. And uh, she and I really connected. I, I kind of feel like she's my big sister, like we're just totally on the same same wavelength with all these things. And I mentioned to her, you know, it would be so great if we could set something up for the dental students or, you know, young dentists, if we could just kind of try to connect them uh, with some more experienced dentists. And Effie's answer is Effie always does is great. Do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to do it? Go for it. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'm starting a mentorship program. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the tagline is kind of like, you know, be the mentor that you wish you had. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, as much as I leaned on some of our family friends and kind of was able to seek out the mentors that I needed, I always kind of wish I had like a, like Effie or like a, or a dental big sister all along. Right. So I'm trying to just create that for, for the community. Mm-hmm. 
That's, That's so awesome. Cool. I, I think the one, as you're talking there, I think the one thing that like just comes to my mind, and I'm sure you're going to agree with me, Laura, your passion for dentistry is just the best. I think one of the best examples of people that we've spoken to of just somebody who has taken this lifelong dream has a passion for it. Your example of your story of how you go, you know, when you were at school, when you had any opportunity, you were in a dental practice, you were doing. And I think that now is like, I want to use this as an example to show like my girls, this is the passion, which if you're going to go into a profession Mm -hmm. that you need, because it's not easy, it is challenging. But I think if you're armed with the passion, then you make it a success. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Thank you. Congratulations on that passion. Yes. Yeah. Well, I always tell, like, you know, we got high school students, obviously as an orthodontist, we see lots of children and some of them do their careers days with us and, and projects. But, and I tell this to dental students as well, like go into the offices, you know, you have to see things firsthand mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the, the narrative or the story is, is often very different than the reality And I remember being in, I think, high school and watching some gum surgery (laughs) and my jaw just dropped. Like, good thing I was wearing a mask because I remember just standing there just shocked at what it was actually like, right? You know, the story you hear from your family friend who's a periodontist. Oh yeah, my days are great. I love it. You know, I play some implants. It's very different than watching someone's gums get cut open and and what that's like. So it's, I think there's no experience other than actually seeing it for yourself and and many people will be very open and welcoming if you just ask so that's kind of part of the mentorship and part of my what I try to tell people is is just you know ask people will will be happy to answer but you have to put yourself out there Mm -hmm. yeah and and what a joy to you know share your passion, you know, not only as a mentor, being that mentor that you wish you had, but I bet in your practice as an orthodontist with those um, impressionable kids as well. That's probably really fun. Yes. I recently actually had a patient. She, she went to the same high school that I went to super sweet girl, you know, treated her and her brothers. And she always, her mom, at her appointments, they would always say, she wants to be a dentist. She wants to be a dentist. So I was like, call me, ask me questions, you know, let's, I'll help you. And she actually recently got into dental school. Um, I know I was so proud of her. And I, you know, this is all her credit, you know, any, any role I had was, was very minor, but I, you know, she would ask me questions with her applications and what courses to take in university. And I actually ran into her father and brother this weekend and they were just you know, so grateful and so lovely. And, and it's just, there's no, literally no better feeling. Like, I feel like she's my own child. <laughs> I'm right. so proud of her. Right. So it's, it's really a, you know, there's, it's more of like a, um, a mentality shift, right. From that um, scarcity mentality to a, an abundance mentality. Mm-hmm. Like there's enough for everybody, you know, you've got to pay it forward. You have to help people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that we should all do our part to, to mm-hmm. give back. You know, I, I love that you bring that up in, in the sense that if if you are in dentistry and you're feeling like you're losing your passion or you're bogged down, what a wonderful way to reignite it is to become a mentor yeah. and give back and um, inspire somebody younger um, could really reignite that passion. I think you're absolutely right, because you really, you know, you think of it as 
giving to them, but I think you really get back their, you know, enthusiasm and their gratitude and, and there's really no better feeling. Like I always leave my phone calls or zoom calls with my mentees, like so energized and so happy. So I think that's a really wonderful point. That's awesome. That's cool. Well, I think before we get on to our final couple of fun questions at the end that we have for you, um, if people wanted to find out about mentorship and women in dentistry and all of those things, they would go to the Women in Dentistry website, womensdentistry.com forward slash mentorship. Um, There's your Forest Hill orthodontic website. We're going to put all these in the show notes so that they will be there. So people are going to be able to find you. Um, and also follow you on social media as well. So that will all be in our show notes. Um, so we have a few little fun questions for the end, don't we, Laura? Yes. All right. Yes. So the, the first one is when Karen and I um, created the mint door, we thought very carefully about what color the door was and why it was that color. And so we're curious, if you were to pick a color for your door, what would it be and why? <laughs> the first color that comes to mind is pink (laughs) and um you know this is obviously not not at all thought out uh the way that you guys put the thought into to your uh, mint door um but I would just have to say pink it's it's bold it's fun it's feminine and um it's my favorite color (laughs) awesome I love it that's very good but very good reasons yep uh, question number two of the fun question three trio that we have here. Uh, look back. Happened to you in life that you didn't expect to happen and how did it change you or your life? Um, well, I didn't entirely expect to move away and specialize. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always had this vision of, being a dentist and kind of staying in, I went to Western, which is a a local uh, or like a a undergrad school that was about an hour and a half out of town from Toronto. And then I came back to Toronto for dental school. And I pretty much until I started dental school, I anticipated that that would be the career path. I would be a general dentist and I would, you know, stay in Toronto. Mm -hmm. But um, once I started dental school, I felt like the world opened up to me a little bit more. And I decided I wanted to continue with specialization. And not only that, I wanted to get out of town, get out of the country and just uh, see and experience some new things. So I would say that was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. And uh, those three years were the best three years. I absolutely loved them. I had an amazing experience in my residency, amazing faculty, co-residents who are still some of my closest friends mm-hmm. and uh, the opportunity to live in an entirely different place by myself, you know, moved there by myself when I was 25 and that was just wonderful. So I would say that that was probably unexpected, but amazing. Mm. I love how those unexpected things can turn out pretty well. Yeah, it was great. Awesome. All right. One final question. As high achievers, we often get so focused on pursuing our goals that we sometimes forget about those little things that bring us joy. So I'm curious, what little thing brought you joy or what do you have a memory of, of being joyful when you were a child? Oh, you know, I had a really wonderful, lucky childhood. Um, So 
I'm actually an only child. It's not something I usually readily admit. Yet here I am <laughs> in uh, in public. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, really close relationship with my parents. Um, I would say we took many memorable vacations together. And uh, just thinking about the times we spent, you know, on the ski hill or on the beach, um, those would kind of stand out as as very happy childhood memories. Mm-hmm. So I guess ski, you asked before beach or mountains. Now I'm saying both. So revising <laughs> <laughs> my uh, question. It is a tough choice and it really depends on the season, right? Yeah, except <laughs> in Canada, you know, there's not a lot of beach here. So it's not an question. Well, what is your top tip for ski resort over your side of Canada? Because I've skied West Coast of Canada, mm-hmm. loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but considering sort of more like near Quebec or whatever, like what's the top one? Sure. So, I mean, you cannot compare the West Coast no. to where I live. I live in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, our, we ski on a, on a every weekend basis and it, it in Ontario, it's about 800 feet. So it is, okay. we like hike Great up in the morning. And it's yeah, we can hike, I can hike up in 20 minutes. So it's, <laughs> uh, you know, you can't compare it to Whistler or Banff or, yeah big white or any of those amazing mountains. Um, Quebec is doing a little better than us. Um, Tremblant is great. And I hear uh, we've never been to Massif, Le Massif. Mm-hmm. I hear it's wonderful and gets a lot of snow. So yeah. if you can brave the cold, then I would recommend trying that out. Massif at the moment was um, where I've been doing the research and their snow record looks good. Yeah. It, 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 we have friends who go every year and absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. I've heard amazing, amazing things. So Try to thank you. So a bit of travel advice thrown in at the end. Yeah, yeah I mean, there I, you go. Right? Travel all day. So that's that's an easy one for me. Oh, fantastic. Well, we should wrap this up and keep this short and sweet for our listeners. Um, but this has been a joy. Uh, your passion, like Karen said, is um, contagious. We can feel it mm-hmm. through the screen. And I love that you are sharing that passion with other younger dentists and probably with your patients. Um, so thank you for all you do. Uh, please check out Dr. Tracy Hendler. Uh, her links will be below and we'll have all her links to her practice, to her Instagram, and to the Women in Dentistry Mentorship Program. If you feel inspired to be a mentor or you know someone that wants to be a mentee, she may be the person that can help you with that. So thank you for all you do. And it's been a joy. We uh, look forward to continuing our friendship and supporting you in your mentorship program. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure meeting both of you and connecting with both of you. I just, I'm really inspired by connecting with like-minded individuals who have such a, you know, a shared passion and, and commitment to our profession and to the community. So it's, it's really amazing uh, for me and, and I'm really honored to be here. So thank you really for, for having me. You're welcome. All right, everybody, we'll see you on the next episode of the Mint Door podcast. In the meantime, if you enjoyed this episode and know somebody that would benefit from it, please like, comment, share, and point someone in the direction of Dr. Tracy Hendler and her mentorship program. And we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.